Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week, we're joined by Dean Anderson, CEO of Kernel, for a quick chat about his experience in the market, what is Kernel, and how he got started. Great. Okay, Dean, very happy to have you here today. Bit of a chit chat, talk about your experience, talk a little bit about Kernel. Happy to be here. Very excited. Great. So for those who don't know, um, maybe we'll give a little bit of insight into Kernel. I guess a little bit of background first around Lighthouse and Kernel's relationship. So it first started Friday afternoon. I think Dean walked upstairs with a box of beers. And Mike, that's always a great way to start a relationship at Lighthouse. I mean, you never show up empty-handed, right? No. So <laughs> so if you do want to get to know us a little bit better, Friday afternoon, 41 High Street, rock up with a box of beers, talk about, we can have a chit-chat. <laughs> um, so, so after the, the couple of beers, uh, we actually realized that Colonel's got a, a very good offering. Um, relatively early in, in your stage. And uh, now we've, you know, it's part of our offering with our, our clients when we're building financial plans. Dean, do you want to maybe give us a little bit of background on Kernel for those that don't know? So uh, Kernel is an investment manager. We run a growing range of index funds uh, and we also have a full online investing platform that users can log into, create accounts and invest with. Uh, we work across the spectrum, so financial advisors, right through to iwi, charity, yep. first-time investors. Uh, we just want to build great products that deliver better long-term wealth. Great. Mm. Okay, and, and what makes you sort of, I guess, your place in the market? Where, where are you uh, adding value? Who are you trying to, to attract? I, I think the big thing for us was uh, when we set up, it was let's build something today that actually uses fresh technology that's digital first. Yeah. Uh, financial services, as you all know, the sector is dominated by institutions running on old technologies <laughs> who don't care about the customer. Yeah. And actually the reality is they're running pretty old processes. And so the idea was, well, if you started with a clean sheet of paper, you could build something that was far smarter, mm. far better experience, and actually designed to give a better outcome for a customer. Yeah. And in terms of that platform, in terms of the fee structure, in terms of the offering, um, I think you've got something pretty special. Yeah, look, and we're still fairly young. We're a couple of years old. Uh, We've got a lot that we want to be doing still. Uh, last year, we were the fastest growing investment manager in New Zealand. Nice. And so we want to continue on that momentum and extend the product range and, and really just center it on good products, good outcomes and good relationships with customers. So you don't just start as CEO of Kernel. I assume there's a little bit of history before that. You just don't turn up one day and go, hey, let's get a bit of capital and start up a, um, a fund. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your history. How did, how did you get started and how did you end up here? So uh, my background was I obviously studied finance and then ended up uh, after my second job. My first job was actually working in the energy space. Uh, then got a job at the NZX, the New Zealand Stock Exchange. And in that, I got involved in a number of areas. Part of that was actually working in a funds management arm. So NCDEX has its own funds management business. Yeah. I was involved in launching and building index funds, and that really got me into the world of uh, index funds, long-term investing plans, and yeah, became you know passionate about what you could do in that space and where the world was heading to. We're in New Zealand. We're at the bottom of the world. We kind of lag sort of some of the other innovations that are happening in other markets and sort of sitting there going, okay, if you looked at what was happening in the States and what was happening even in Australia, they sort of 10 years ahead in terms of Australia with superannuation. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, um, 
this is going to be a big growing area that's going to really fundamentally change how people are engaged with their money. That's interesting, Mike. I mean, you spent a couple of years in the UK, which you like to remind me uh, pretty much on a daily basis. When you went and spent those couple of years and kind of saw where um, the finance sector was at compared to New Zealand, you must have seen a huge difference. Uh, yes and no, not going to lie. Um, so uh, much to Dean's point, uh, when I went to the UK and, and, and kept working in the banking industry, I went in there and I was like, the technology, it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Like it's, you know, trillions of dollars under management, you know, cash going everywhere. For it's, it's going to be amazing. No, uh, to be honest. The you, amount you, of things that are done on spreadsheets still at oh, trillion dollar you know, organizations. Right? Honestly, like, uh, you know, it, it, working with the more established, large, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, you can probably pick the ones out in the UK that have been around for 200, 300 years, whatever. Uh, you know, they're still running DOS systems. Like, you know, it's pretty, pretty crazy. So it, it is almost the same, but there's a real dichotomy and you can really see the divide there between the challenger banks and the, uh, the young players in the industry who get to start with a fresh piece of paper. And that actually makes, you know, the technology, the experience, uh, what customers are able to do and the speed that they're able to do it and the ease actually creates a meaningful difference to the customer. Uh, and I think, you know, to your point, that's something that Kernel brings as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, the system and financial services, a lot of trust has been lost from mm -hmm. those traditional institutions, yeah. you know, post-GFC, et cetera. Uh, surveys in the US now, I think people are far more likely to trust a fintech than a traditional financial services player. Yeah. And so the world is changing. COVID has accelerated, right? Mm. You know, COVID highlighted in an instant that we need to be digital first. Mm. And most institutions are. And yeah. so that was the whole point of where Colonel came from. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, opening a, opening a bank account in New Zealand having to go in and sit down and sign paper and give ID, whereas uh, the bank I was with in the UK doesn't have any branches. <laughs> I was like, and I can get fully AML'd, you know, like in 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh man, alive. This is, this is going back with a few years. To to your point though, around like kind of the, the split with the UK, doing UK pension transfers, the paper, yeah. like oh, you, you, you post it there, you post it back. I, I, I completely kind of get where you're coming from. So Dean, you're, you're spending your time at NZX. What were the learnings from your time there? Oh, look, it was a really interesting experience. I spent so six and a half, seven years there, which is actually in the context of the stock exchange, quite a long time. There was a couple of CEOs and a bit, yeah. bit of turnover. It's a fast-paced world. Uh, it really it highlighted how uh, on the outside you perceive this big mm. shiny thing and on the inside it's actually very different. Uh, we actually, I think the thing that most people probably get astounded with the stock exchange is somebody say stock exchange, I think everybody jumps to the idea of the US market and everybody yelling yeah, yeah, yeah. and screaming and things. And we had schools come in and it's like, where is everything? Because yeah. ultimately it <laughs> is kind of, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's everything's outsourced, a digital kind of to a degree. Uh, and so you learned a lot. It really reinforced so for me that I wanted to set up a business that was really genuinely putting the customer first in the decision-making processes. Uh, it's really common with any organization, you'll have consultants come in or others and it's always emphasizing around how do we cut costs or how do we maximize these profits? Yeah. Um, very few conversations center around what is in the, in the interest of the end user and customer. And so that was where we came from. Yeah. The, the interest in the end users are really good one. Mike, you can probably talk to this as well. The customers who we talk to where they've uh, maybe spoken to a financial advisor before and uh, either had experiences where they're paying really high fees or feel like they're being yeah. pushed into a product that kind of 
and that's where we're trying to sit as well is that kind of just everything focused on the end user giving like the best experience you can possibly give exactly. yeah and that's that's really common throughout the financial service industry and you know there's a lot of barriers to entry for the um, for the average person as well around cost jargon it's intimidating all of that sort of stuff you know and that's why we love um some of the newer players in the industry who make it easier for people to access and easier for people to make better financial decisions there are barriers to do that as well. Like for us, the hurdles to get into the space are huge. Yeah. You know, the compliance, the capital, it's designed to keep things where they are, yes. not to rock the boat. Speaking about not rocking the boat, so I think you guys are rocking the boat. Yeah. So you're at the NZX. Where does the idea from Kernel kind of come from? And then also the leap. The leap must have been. Well, the leap was really interesting because I left NZX in 2018. I'd been there sort of, you know, six and a half years uh, there was no intention actually at the time. I'd spent a lot of time in the index fund type space. Uh, it was a really interesting moment. I had a couple of good relationships with a manager and we'd bought a business and they had stepped out of as well. And um, I handed them a notice with no plan of where I was gonna go or what I was gonna do. Nice. It was a genuine, right, I've kind of felt like I've done my time here. Yeah. I want to see what happens next. And Part of that was, I guess, had made some investments prior. So I had some security to go, actually, I can afford to be out of work on the market for a period of time. And I just want to see what's going to happen. And so I did a bit of contracting and then thought, bugger it, actually, we can do this smarter. If I'm ever going to do it, now's the time to do it. Yeah. Um, but I look back on that and going, it's, I think for anybody, like speaking to one of my old bosses there, uh, the best thing that ever happened to them was actually being made redundant. You know, it's actually for anybody some point in their life to just take a, a leap of faith moment and let's see what happens or follow a passion. Um, I know that's not possible for everybody, but bringing that back to investing, that is one of the benefits of why you should invest because it gives you that freedom of choice mm. to go and make decisions that either you're passionate about or uh, want to start a business or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, that was the, the kind of backdrop to yeah yeah and I, I i mean i can relate to a lot of those things in yeah. terms of the uh the, the going through the restructures the taking the leap what's the unknown yeah. feelings at the time all of those sort of things but kind of being led by purpose um so we've spoken a little bit about kernel spoken a little bit about your um kind of career history let's flip it a little bit and talk about you personally with your investing yeah best investment you've ever made uh, reality is the things that set me up for Kernel, you know, I have had a, a broad range of investments. Um, property did very well. Mm. Um, you know, if you think back a number of years, that was the time when you could buy a property with 5% deposit. Yeah. Uh, and so in terms of an entry point, I guess that was a fortunate moment. I was early 20s, effectively bought a house with $20,000, mm. you know, and then over so five, six years that grew and had capital growth. And so... That worked very well. That helped set up and gave me the freedom of choice to go and do things like setting up Kernel. But um, yeah, property initially, obviously Kernel is, is my core asset now. 100% of everything I do is in Kernel. Um, <laughs> All in, baby. Yeah. Is. Um, uh, so yeah, it's been a mix. And then outside of that, you know, there's really interesting things around just regularly investing into boring vanilla index funds. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, best investment? Ooh, uh, outside of investing in yourself. So like an actual oh. investor. Oh. Yeah. All right, oh. mate. All right. <laughs> the Botox. <laughs> um, no, yeah, there's no movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was, it's, yeah, it's, it's got, I mean, it's got to be property, right? Uh, it's, it, you know, uh, very difficult to sort of, um, uh, to look outside of that. Actually, you know what? Um, 
probably I would say outside of I'm trying to try and give you something different than just property uh, is allocating more of my salary to employee stock purchase programs um, at the startups I worked at um, was really good for me on a couple of fronts. One, we've talked about it before. You give me money, I'm probably going to spend it. So, you know, if it comes out of my salary beforehand, I don't see it, right? And two, um, you know, the ability to get in, not on the ground floor, but at a really good time in a company that you believe in, uh, everyone was sort of all rowing in the same direction, you know, because you're, you're in the weeds, um, has, has been really good for me as well. Yeah. I must say the check that turns up every six months from a startup you work for uh, is is good fun to be like, I wonder what the number's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike, we just sold to Moody's for 100 million. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I work there. Yeah. Um, so, what about yourself? Uh, I mean, buying my first property that's now an investment property, yeah. you know, it's it's doubled in value. That does make a big difference. Yeah. And then similar in terms of Lighthouse, we're all yeah. in, baby. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to secure Kiwi's financial futures. Yeah. I just want to jump in with all of what we've just talked about. There is an element of taking action and making the investment. And while you might look at this and go, well, hey, I I never got the option to go in on a um, you know a startup in the UK or states or something. I couldn't buy a house with twenty grand or you know that sort of thing. Yep, absolutely. I don't want people to get discouraged. It is about taking action uh, and getting involved and making an investment. That is the point that we want to stress. And and there is no single answer, right? Mm. You know, having a mix of things, property, investing in share market, et cetera, is key. Yep. It's not, don't put everything, you know, just thinking that's the one solution. Uh, and to your point, like property is a high barrier to entry. Oh, yeah. You know, particularly yeah. today, you have to have a lot of money. But yeah. So that's where things like Kernel is like, there are a lot of other options to how do you get on that pathway, start building wealth. You know, you can invest with a dollar in a diversified fund and start putting away some of your salary into the share market and letting it compound and grow. And so that is the whole point that um, how do you build up your wealth? And yeah, and okay. there are a range of channels for that. I want to go worst investment. Yeah, I want I want to cover that as well because we all make mistakes. I've made mistakes. How I, I I know exactly what one mine is. We're talking about investment mistakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a two milk. That's about about sixty percent. It's just a long list. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think what James is actually saying there because James I, is saying I, don't pick stocks and invest yeah, in index funds. Like, Mike. Oh, I know for sure what mine is. Um, so I, uh, you know, I I I, I was fresh in university. Went to Finance 101, uh, you know, probably a couple of, I'd say a couple of uh, lectures in. And I was like, I mean, I'm basically Warren Buffett now. I am the rain man. Um, saw a headline on some news and thought, that's pretty bad for that country. Uh, I'm going to short their currency. Um, and, and then I was like, so got a group of us together. We all so you, in, you pulled others into this game. funds and then we leveraged. Oh. Um, and then I might lose my license for this. Um, and then we all syndicated, went in and I was like, guys, this is basically a sure thing. Uh, you know, like just think about where they are in the world. Think about where we are. Think about the time difference. When that market opens, we're going to, you know. Um, and like, honestly, it just like, 
instantly, as soon as something happens or the market or whatever happened, it just went bang in the opposite direction. And we lost not just everything, but more. Uh, so I had to chip in more money to cover the position. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was easily my uh, my worst investment decision. Lost it all plus some um, in the space of about three seconds. Yeah. So for those that um, have been wondering where Vincent Michael is, he's now at Lighthouse. His name is now Michael Vincent. You can, you can come to 41 High Street with your baseball bats yeah. and hunt him down. <laughs> Dean, you're up. I actually haven't had any real oh, speculative no, investments. Really? But on the flip side, um, there is also the other of you sometimes have investments that you wish you held on to. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes I look back and go, shit, that was a mistake of having sold that. Um, even real left field stuff, like I bought a 1960s Land Rover for 1800 bucks. I sell, sold it, shouldn't have sold it, sold it for like four and a half grand. Now it's like $50,000 to get that car. So there's the flip side of sometimes you screw things up and lose money. Sometimes you also look back and go, shit, I wish I hadn't done that. Or I, hadn't I, I, I wrote one of those off on Waiheke Island one day. That's a story for a different day. Yep. Okay, Dean, have you enjoyed the chit chat? It's been fantastic. I've learned a lot. I've uh, learned to watch out for Vincent Michael. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, Michael. exactly. Unsubscribe to the syndicate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, let us know what you thought of the chit chat. If you'd like us to do more of them, who you'd like us to um, get on and, and kind of have a little bit of a chin wag with. Thank you very much for joining us. Please make sure to subscribe. Give us a review. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. Chin wag? Chin wag. <laughs> do we not like chin wag? <laughs>